Hello and welcome to episode 49 of Matchit and the Other Guy. And as ever, Kevin and I are sitting outside my home on the banks of Lake Wiley in Charlotte, North Carolina. Kevin, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well this evening. Now, it's unusual that I say how are you doing this evening because typically we record most of our shows around mid-morning to noon, but this is an evening recording. It is. A little change of pace. Yeah. And the humidity has dropped down because it's the evening. Yes, it's very nice out. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Sun's setting and it won't be too long before it's uh, getting quite dark quite fast. Yeah. And then the mosquitoes will be out and we'll start complaining again. Yes. We'll have to run for cover. <laughs> well, I know Knowing how they are in this region of the country. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. They were out in force last night, which oh, made me think of them tonight. Yeah. Uh, I never know what we're going to be talking about and our gentle listener doesn't know what we're going to be talking about. but. We all rely on you to give us a topic of conversation. So fill us all in. What are we talking about this evening? Well, we've often covered many different uh, genres of entertainment and such like that. And one we haven't done, and since Halloween is coming, I think we need to do uh, monster movies or movie monsters, either way you want to look at it. Ah, we've, we've not yeah. covered that area yet. So yes, I want to kind of get your first, uh, you know, experiences as a kid you know first scary movies you saw or yeah well my f my early memories of horror movies would be the hammer house of horrors does that name ring a bell to no. you um i have a feeling they were british made movies but they were all they were, they were quite I say quite famous, quite well known, certainly in England then, in the 60s and 70s. Um, but they would feature Dracula and Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein and that sort of thing, those sort of themes. But Hammer House of Horrors, I think, was, they, they were a movie company uh, that were around for quite a long while. Maybe they still are. Maybe it was a British thing and never really made it over to the States. I've never heard of it. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, the the most famous one are they, they call them the universal monsters that they did you know the, that did the Bela Lugosi Draculas yeah uh, the uh, Boris Karloff uh, Frankenstein movies those yeah. type of things was well, it Lon Chaney Jr. was the Wolfman is that correct yeah I think that is right yeah I that think that's right. right yeah so Hammer House of Horrors would have Vincent Price and Christopher oh, really? Lee would have oh, been okay. in them yeah yeah yes yes uh, Bela Lugosi my memory of Bela Bella Lugosi is Plan Nine from Outer Space, which I've never seen. It's it's. You need I know I, everybody should see it. <laughs> you need to see that movie. Yes, and uh, I stumbled across it once again in England many years ago, and uh, it's one of those classic cult movies that it is so bad that it's it's fantastic. Yeah, every every cinema file needs to see it to yeah, say they have. Yes, and uh, poor old Bella Lugosi, of course, it died halfway through that production. Oh, really? Yeah, and so. The actor who stood in for Lugosi to, to allow the movie to be finished, it was such a low-budget, low-key movie that they were thinking, well, how can we do this? So the simple cure was to have the actor playing by Lugosi to always have his cloak wrapped around his face with his arm underneath it so you could just see his eyes peeking out. <laughs> but, you know, yes, it was truly dreadful, but, but terrific. Yeah, no benefits of CGI to, to work his original look in there. <laughs> no, and it, would, it had marvelous scenes in, such as it would be there was a there was there were several scenes set in a graveyard at midnight, as you can imagine, in this spooky vampire 
space orientated movie. So the scenes were unfolding in a in a in a graveyard at midnight, and then the very next scene it was high noon, and the chaps are driving along in a car with the sun blazing away. Switch immediately back to midnight again, no. <laughs> back back in the graveyard. But anyway. Gentle listener, if you too have never seen Plan 9 from Outer Space, like uh, Kevin, you should all get, to, all get together and watch it one night. Mine was, you kind of, you got to remember again, you know, especially our you know, younger listeners, there was, you just saw what was shown on sure. TV. That was yeah. your only option. And it wasn't like, you know, there was movies all the time and such like that. So I, I you know, as I went through grade school and stuff like that, I knew of like the classic Universal Monster movies and stuff, but I don't yeah. think I ever saw them, and I don't remember, I mean, you know, I'm sure they came on or something, but I'm sure as I was a certain age, Mom was like, mm, I'm gonna steer you away from that. I don't I don't need you waking us up in the middle of the night. <laughs> but, uh, so I really never ever saw those. Yeah. I do remember seeing Godzilla. It, right. was, it was gonna be on like on a Friday night, and I yeah. was all, you know, hunkered down in the den, Mom and Dad were off doing something because they had no interest in watching us. They were doing something else in another part of the house. And I watched Godzilla. Don't remember you know much about it, but obviously it was the original black and white version. Yeah. And uh, now my 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 one fond memory that I'd love to share with you and our gentle listener about Godzilla is um, my brother and I for, for Christmas one year both received. They weren't Airfix models, but they were similar to that. They were assembly model kits. And one was a witch standing over a cauldron that my brother had, that you had to assemble and paint. And mine was Godzilla. And the really cool thing about this, I'll keep calling it an Airfix model because I can't think of the company that produced it, but it was an Airfix. But one of the cool features about both of these models is they had certain parts of the model were glow-in-the-dark plastic. I had the exact same one. There you go. Right. Aurora, maybe? Oh, I think that's exactly right. I think it might have been Aurora. And there, was a, there was a whole range of them, but yep. my brother had the witch and I had Godzilla. Now, here's it stood about 12 inches tall. Yes, that's exactly, exactly yep. right. And there was a little, I, I had the exact same Godzilla. There was a little sort of 90 degree backdrop to where the witch or Godzilla the monster was standing, right? Remember? Yeah. And uh, of course we had to paint them. And I was, I could have been no more than seven or, seven or eight. And I, I was watching my brother build his witch and it was looking so cool and professional and it was very good at doing the details and everyone was looking great. And I, and I was I was young and still learning and, and making quite a mess of it. And I was becoming very, very frustrated not being able to paint the cityscape to look realistic with the limited amount of paints that I had to produce all the lights and the different colors. And it didn't look anything, I couldn't produce anything like it looked on the box. This is yeah, where I was boxes going. Boxes always look really good. Exactly that. And my brother came over to him and he said, look, you're sweating the small stuff. He didn't say that because that's not an expression that existed in England, but it was it was similar to that. He said, all you have to do is just do it abstract. Just put your brush into the paint and just blob it on the buildings and do several different colors, and it'll look great. It looked like the whole city is on, on fire because of what's been happening with Godzilla. And I took his advice, and it was the simplest cure, but I remember it to this day thinking, we said it before, like simplicity is the art of sophistication. He said, just, just don't overthink it. Just put the paint on. Yeah. And, and uh, it's a lesson that my brother taught me, and I remember it to this day. Yeah. yeah. From Godzilla and from that model that we uh, both have. Yeah, we're gonna have, we're gonna have to look that, look it up online yeah. and see the picture of it again. Because yes, yeah. I, I sold, sold mine no less than 15 years ago. Did you? On eBay. 
Yes, yeah, well. I'd had it, you know, just in the box after it was built and then put away. Yeah. And I remember selling it. <laughs> so I had it all those So years. if memory serves, the they, they were into, so you could have the glow-in-the-dark head and the non-glow-in-the-dark yep. head to paint. And I think his tail was also a glow-in-the-dark tail. Part of it, I think, was. And then the spine, those... those oh, the spine, yeah, spines. yeah, yeah. The plates down the back of the his spine were... were yeah, the hands, if, if you wanted to use them. Now they had the plain green, and you could just do it all That's in green. exactly right. So. Yes, well... That's fine. So you never know when we sit down and have <laughs> these true. conversations that we never know what we're going to be talking about. Where do these memories suddenly come from? Because I, I would never have thought about that um, assembly Godzilla kit if you hadn't talked about that. And what are the odds that we both had the same thing? Isn't that amazing? I'm two, again, two sides of the pond. <laughs> that's, that's right, yeah. Another Aurora, one. yeah, I think that's right. Aurora yeah, we'll have to look that up like for that, sure. Yeah, it's either yeah. Aurora or maybe Monogram. Yeah. But another thing that i guess it was just around that era and i guess godzilla was kind of a thing um there was a a toy um set called the shogun warriors oh okay. and they were they were fighting warriors from japan they were about two two feet tall yeah of course as a kid they looked bigger now right. you know, but yeah and they also created a godzilla and i asked for that for christmas and all he, he did was he would he'd st he stood up and you could kind of roll him because under his feet were, were you know half wheels. Oh yeah. You know well they're full wheels but under the thing you couldn't see them. Yeah, you could see half and of the wheel. Yeah. His arm you could lift up and press a button on his wrist and his fist would shoot out like a rocket. And on the back of his head there's a lever and you could push down the lever and his uh, like vinyl tongue would come out about three inches that yeah. had fire on it. Cool. So when it came out, it looked like it was fire. And that's kind of all he did. Right. And it's one of those, I think you play with it five minutes, and you're kind of like, well, that's about all there is to this. But, you know, I had it, and I've had it for X amount of years until I did yeah. something with it. And it was called Shogun Warrior, was it? The, 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 the uh, group of family of toys yeah. was called yeah. Shogun Warriors, and he was part of that. Okay. And around the same size. Yes. Well, Godzilla um, started many movies by now, hasn't it? I mean, a lot oh, yeah. of... Um, well, I took on so many creatures back in the day. First, Godzilla versus X, Y, and Z, you know? Yes, and, and Godzilla is one of those characters a little bit like King Kong that has made the leap from being the anti-hero to the hero. Yeah. Uh, early, 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 I think they were Japanese black and white movies were probably the first time I ever discovered Godzilla. Made. Oh my! I was that first one. That yeah, fifties movie. In the fifties, yeah, yeah and, right. and very much he was the he was the anti-hero, the villain of the piece. Uh, and then, of course, yeah, with the introduction of other monsters. What was the one that looked like a big flying moth? Mothra. Mothra. <laughs> well, there was the Mothra, clue was right there. there. Was Mothra. Yeah. Rodan was Rodan the flying turtle. Oh, I'm not sure about that. I know, there's probably people with their heads going, ah! But, yeah. Yeah, he took on so many different things. Now, if I remember right, Mothra, the weak, the weak point in Mothra uh, to me was, I don't think Mothra's wings moved in anywhere. If I remember right, they were kind As of... As they fixed, swung him from, the, from of, the fishing line? <laughs> they kind it of fixed wings, right. yes, yes, yes. But um, both Godzilla's gone on from strength to strength, and... Fairly recent movies I've seen, right? The most, the most recent one that came out within the past year and a half or somewhere in there, yeah. whereas he did take on these other creatures. Mothra again was yeah. back. And he's the hero. He's helping yeah. humanity, yes. fighting them. And I think that's the second or third in this new Godzilla yes. run. And we saw the first one. My wife and I actually went and saw it at the theater, and it was yeah. actually very enjoyable. I, I, mean, I liked it. I'm afraid to say, I, I think I have seen all three of them, but... Um, 
as with many movies that I see these days, I kind of, you know, I leave the theater, movie theater, and within 15 minutes, I can't really remember what it was I've just watched. But, uh, it's a bit like watching some of the Marvel movies. With all due respect to the Marvel movies, as we've talked about in another episode of, of our podcast, I, I kind of get lost with the characters and yeah, can't remember what's happening. But anyway, yes, um, Godzilla, marvelous character. And uh, well, we just mentioned King Kong. In I'm connection. glad you mentioned King yeah. Kong yeah. because that was one that when I was younger in the 70s, they would rerun that, uh, what was it, 76 iteration with Jeff Bridges? Okay, yeah. I think okay. it was 76 right. when it originally came yeah. out. I, me- I, I barely remember it coming out to the theater. I was you know, too young and nobody's going to take me to see it. But yeah. I remember the poster. Um, yeah. I think, I think in the poster, King Kong is straddling the Twin Towers, holding a jet in his Oh, really? In his oh, fist. Wow. I think so. Yeah, I think that's right. Yes. Because he does climb the World Trade Center in the 76 version. But they would show the reruns of that one, um, you know, on just the Sunday night movie or whatever. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that. I'd watch it a few times anytime yeah. it came on. It's kind of like, you know, when James Bond would come on or Chitty Chitty Bang Bang would come on. It's kind of an event, and I'll sit down. You'll sit down and, and Conquer down for the evening, yeah. you know? Well, that was the great thing to me about King Kong was this reversal of... It's it's a bit like Frankenstein's monster. Is the same thing. It's like um, you know you you watch this character, and Godzilla. We just said the same. Is he or she the evil villain, the the antihero of the piece? And then you soon realise as the story develops that actually they're not the monster at all. It's everybody around them that's that's the monster. Yeah. It's the villagers attacking Frankenstein's monster, hunting him down with pitchforks and. Uh, it's the military attacking um, King Kong uh, on the Empire State Building in, in the early editions, the early versions of the movie. Yeah, I, I, I like I like that. I like I like the way those plots twist, and yeah. you have to think about it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. they really got, they've become classics, obviously. Yes. And then uh, really, again, I wouldn't see the the actual movies, but they would always around around Halloween they would always do some like special, and they would look at all the great monster movies from back and they show the clips and stuff yeah. like that so you'd see the you know the old universal ones and creature from black lagoon and in all these different things and they they show a little bit more modern stuff like clips from say the omen or something like that yeah they would they would kind of scare me as a kid and i still this one i remember vividly that it was just the trailer for the amityville horror came on on normal tv okay. i slept in my parents bedroom on the floor that night <laughs> So okay. that's and that's the only time ever yeah. that I ever did that. But just the trailer for the Amityville Horror freaked me out. Yeah, some folks love horror movies and being scared to death, and some folks don't. Yeah, I've never been particularly attracted to horror movies just for the sake of horror. Uh, but I do like those early movies with the different characters in. Of course, that's always going to take us to Mel Brooks' Young Frankenstein. Well, which is actually uh, one of my next things I was going to be. You're, you're leading right, leading me right really, into good conversation here. We, um, we've known each other too long. I guess so. <laughs> um, I, we, this must have been after we moved to Florida because we were yeah. visiting with my sister. You know, I told you we always stayed up there. Yeah. And we were staying with her. And the, the, the family next door, they had some older kids. They were teenagers. And they were good about you know you know including us and stuff like that sure well they had had rented you know this is when you rent it on vhs and it was a big big deal and to go to the video store well they got young frankenstein and halloween john carpenter's halloween oh okay so very you know both kind of scary-ish but two totally different ends of the spectrum yes and 
I remember watching both of them. We were, I was kind of a little young to be watching probably Halloween at the time, but I, I handled it okay. I remember maybe it's just that, that era where I'm just getting to where I can start watching these. Right. And then we watched Young Frankenstein also. So I kind of got introduced to one of the greatest comedic scary movies of all time, quote, uh, and then one of the greatest, which I think actually goes down as probably one of the greatest horror movies ever with John Carpenter's Halloween. Just what they did with zero budget yeah. and how it has stayed and it is still pretty freaky to watch. <laughs> so. Well, I suppose it goes back to, we've, we've talked about this in many different genres of, of almost everything we've talked about, but you don't need a, a great budget for something to be a success. We talked about it with commercials fairly recently, haven't we? It's just, you just need it to be right. It just needs to work. Yeah. Just have the right formula yeah. and for it to, just to come together. And, and again, simplicity. And yeah. I think we've discussed this before. Often with anything kind of scary or unknown, it's what you don't see it's that is what, far scarier than what you do. It's absolutely what you don't see. Yes, you're right. And uh, you could say that about the first Alien movie. Um, when they were trying to figure out, you know, we, we're struggling. We're struggling to know what to do here to make it look as scary and realistic as we can do. And the answer was, well, don't show it. Yeah. Unless you have to, don't show the monster. It's uncanny. You're hitting all my top points because no, I was definitely going to make sure we talk <laughs> okay. about Alien because yeah. I consider that to be, of course, it is sci-fi and horror at the time, but it's a absolute masterpiece. And Aliens yeah. can be argued that it's even better. It's kind of like the Godfather and Godfather Two. You kind of pick one. Both Alien and Aliens were fantastic. Yes, yeah. And two, two totally different, you know, take you on two different rides to, to go along with I, I quite like the Alien movies, and I quite like the, the ongoing plot and the theme and the storyline that's being slowly woven into. Um, I'm just going to stop and just say, if you look over there, Kevin, is that a deer that we can see right on the little peninsula there? Yep. I know, I know our gentle listener as this is an audio experience can't really enjoy that to the maximum but yes there's a wonderful deer looking out over the lake over there yeah, just on the little point there across yeah. the halfway part of the cove um yes and i think one of one of the scariest aspects of all of the alien movies to me personally is not so much the alien or the face hugger and how it had attacked people but it was before that. It's the it's the opening of that egg. Yeah. Just the just the movement of the egg beginning to open, if we want to call it an egg. You know, you see the petals start to peel back and the goo around it, and you know what's coming. I think that's the thing that does it yeah. for me personally. Yeah. Well, yeah. I do. I think I think. Well, I've commented on this before. Alien will be fantastic a thousand years from now because it's kind of timeless. It doesn't put you in a. It doesn't look dated. Yeah. You never, you know, it's never going to look old and way. That's just so silly and ridiculous now, as some horror movies could be. And it's just, it's going to last for a very, very long time and still be poignant. Yes. I, 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 I have a feeling we've spoken about this to a degree before, but I, I think the idea of the future looking used is something that Star Wars gave us. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, it's not not clean, spit and polished like the Enterprise. Not, exactly that. With all due respect to the Enterprise, which always looks very new, certainly in those original first series episodes. Yeah, and uh, yes, as soon as we had Star Wars and things looked like they'd been used, that was copied through. And you're absolutely right. I remember thinking the same. Yeah, with Alien, it looks 
the landscape looks used, the machinery looks used. Very, yeah, very much so. Very, yeah. Just, yeah. They were just like, it was like essentially a, a truck, you know, a space truck that was doing its job and had yes. a small crew. Yeah. And there's also that um, the element in Alien, Aliens, which work, I think particularly with Alien, is you can't get off the ship. Oh, there's no way of getting off the ship. Whatever is on the ship, we've got to deal with it. There's no running away from it because yeah. we can't go anywhere. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a that's an appealing thing for a horror movie. I think is to keep that. Yeah, I keep the tension up. Yeah. I wish I could even remember when I first saw Alien. I can't remember if I saw it, you know, unedited or if it was just like a you know a TV version again that came on a couple of years after it did. But I do remember, you know, in '79 when it came out, the the toys like the two foot two foot tall alien being at the toy store. You know, oh, really? I bought, got, bought everyone they had because they're, they're highly collectible. I wish, have, we, have you got one now? You got no, one in stock? I wish uh, I did. And they were yes. cool as all get out. But I, I still bet. remember I, seeing it at the, you know yeah. the little store that just had a little toy department. It was in the corner. Yes. But then we went on to you know they started at around late seventies into early eighties. Then you started having the, the slasher films. You had your the Friday the Friday the Thirteenth yeah. series which you know, led to the Freddy Krueger movies and all those. And we would, as teens, it's just kind of what you go see and stuff like that. So yeah. I ended up seeing it. I've never been attracted them. to those movies, I must Looking say. Looking back, yeah, I'm kind of like going, um, yeah, they definitely weren't my I'm going to put my hand up now. and say I've never seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I did, you, know, I, you know, I never have either. Well, there you go. Yeah. The original. I, it, again, it's one of those things. I thought I it think, was just me. I think most should be if you consider yourself a cinemaphile, but <laughs> I have not. Yeah. They were just... You know, there were two, you know, some you could kind of sneak in, you know, you know, R-rated, you know, yeah. I'm not supposed to be here, which kind of made it more interesting. But, and I'll never forget this one. We went, I'd have to look up the year, but, you know, we were early teens or something like that. Okay. So we couldn't go without an adult, but my friend's grandmother took us to see Friday the 13th Part 4. All right. So I still look back on this going... Here we are, my, my buddy and I, and she's sitting there, and probably kind of like the Queen of England with a little pocketbook sitting on her, her lap, and she's just watching this movie with us, and it's just blood, gore, and you know oh, some dear. you know little uh, questionable things for our age yeah. to be seeing, and she just sat there and watched it all the way through with us, and we went on. Very odd looking back at that, but she's a good sport, I guess. No, no, no question of that. One one comment I meant to uh, we moved off topic, but I'm thinking about young. Frankenstein or young Frankenstein, whichever way you want to pronounce it. If you've watched the movie, you'll know why I say that. Uh, but young Frankenstein featured the original laboratory equipment yes. from the original Frankenstein. Yes, movie. I do remember that. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Dug back in the archives of yeah. the warehouse and pulled yeah. them out again. It's, it's a master. I, I consider that to be one of the top, at least top 10 comedies of all time. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's, it's everything about it. I mean, the very fact that it's deliberately filmed in black and white for a start. Yeah. Yeah. Was it 1973 or I something? I wonder how difficult it was to produce, uh, to uh, convince the movie studios that that's the way to go. Or if Mel Brooks had just such control at that time, he could do what he wanted and no one did was going to question I wonder it. If it. Did it come out before Blazing Sandals or, or after? Because it seemed like they were right around the same time want to say it was after Blazing Saddles. If it was, he probably yeah had a lot of cre credibility and yeah. said, yeah, I'm just doing what I want. So, yeah, um, I'm sure it was after Blazing Saddles, yeah. But anyway, yeah, great, great, a, a great movie. There's lots about it. And Terry Gar, so funny in that movie. Yeah, and quite beautiful at the time, too. Well, 
Yes, absolutely. And I, it's often said that if you if you get an, a really good actress, but it's also funny. It's it's not that common, but she, but boy oh boy, Terry Gar, she had it. Yeah, she's one great, that I've always loved her career. Great timing, I love her in anything you know, she does. Yeah, all of that. I mean, just absolutely had it. Yeah. It, it was terrific. Well, of course, Gene Wilder was a genius, and then you know we we lost Marty Feldman a number of years ago, but I think yeah. that was his penultimate role. Terrific. What what other great horror movies or genres can you remember enjoying? Mm, well, I'll tell you another one that was was very interesting around the mid '80s, and I recommend anyone watching this if they like just that kind of those the era of, of it's it, kind of a slasher movie in a way, but okay. it's, it's called April Fool's Day. And don't I'm, remember that. All I'm all. saying is watch it for the ending. Okay. And it's a very you know, it's very '80s nostalgic. You're going to look back. Everybody's hairdos and what they're wearing is very very '80s. Uh, and it stars I can't believe I can't remember her name right off. But the 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 girl that was in Valley Girl, and it also had Amy Steele who had been in one maybe two of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. All right. So they kind of you know she kind of had credibility in that genre. I'm throwing yeah. her on for this, but it's it's an interesting twist at the end. You go oh. And I'm not going to spoil it, but it's well worth watching for just that. Oh, now we'll have to watch it. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad movie. It's just, you know, you kind of go along with the ride. You know, then, like, I think I think Nightmare on Elm Street did kind of change. the. It was a kind of a groundbreaking story. Do you know, I don't think I've seen Night, Nightmare on Elm Street either. I think that's another movie. Yeah. Again, I'm not a huge horror fan, so it's yeah. not, you know, I've seen... In fact, I saw part two before I, before I saw the original. I was out with the girlfriend I was dating, and we ended up. It was what was playing at the theater, and we went and saw it. And then I was like, "Well, now I have to go back and watch the original." And then so I think I saw number three with a buddy in high school. Then when I was hanging out, with, you got to remember when I think I told you when I was in college, all my friends that I hung out with that we like shared a house with and stuff, yeah. they worked at the movie theater. So we <laughs> could go, we would go see yeah, anything fantastic. and everything because yeah. we could just walk in anytime we wanted. Yeah. So I'm, I know we saw. Quite a few then. I've, I still remember seeing. Oh, you were so five. lucky! What a great group of friends to have that were in the cinema. Oh, I know. I met them like the first semester of college. <laughs> so from that point yeah, on, right. for years, all the movies we wanted were were free. Yeah. Yeah. We just pile in and head somewhere. The great thing was, they always, it was kind of cooperative between the different theaters. Everybody kind of knew each other. Whereas if your movie, if your theater might not be showing the movie you wanted to see, yeah. you would just go down the street and just talk to manager, you know, Bob. Yeah. Bob knows Jim at your your theater. And Bob's gonna and let you, you in because they're gonna want to come see something at their theater occasion. So there's always that quid pro quo, and you yeah. can really see anything in town pretty much as long as I'm hanging with these guys that work there. It was great. Did you ever see um, an American Werewolf in London? I did. Yeah. And I'm trying to think the last time I, saw, I I've only seen it once all the way through. And um, I have it on my DVR right now. Do you? And it's been sitting there for at least a year. Yeah. Now the I, reason, just, I want to sit down and watch it. You know, the reason I'm asking through. asking if you uh, have seen that movie is because there's a cameo role or one of the very first role of Rick Mail. Oh, really? From the Young Ones. Oh, I will definitely want yes, to see that. Yes, that's right. Well, I know uh, him immediately. Uh, yeah, you should do. I mean, he's 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 kind of, if I remember right, if memory serves, he's. He's looking a little bit like uh, his Kevin Turvey character, which you may or may not be aware of. I think you've told me about it. But. Yeah, it was kind of a Kevin Turvey investigates something this yes. week. But uh, it's in, in the pub scene, and I think the camera pans across and you see Rick Mayo playing chess. But okay. I think that's possibly oh, one of the that's possibly the first movie he was ever in. 
Yeah. He's in there for about five seconds, but he's there. Wow. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. great. So worth watching just for that alone. Well, and two, once October hits, I really like will want to watch, you know, some scary, you know, some related Halloweeny type movies. Right. You know, so I'll, I'll, I'll hopefully it's on the DVR and I'm going to squeak that one in. Um, somewhere I'll have to show it to you. I have a eight by ten from David Naughton, you know, who is the main character, and it's the, it's a shot of him transforming. Okay. And he wrote on it to Kevin, "Beware the moon." David Martin. That's so. great. Yeah. Whatever you say, by ten, it immediately makes me think of Alice's Restaurant Massacre. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Eight but, by ten. But see, American Werewolf in London really took, it, took things in a new direction too. You know, it was very different and told a different story. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that one up. I do need to. Yeah, it, it, some really break the mold. Yeah, and, they do, and that yeah. was one that broke the mold. Absolutely. And you know, was, The Exorcist yeah. was an amazing film. Now, I watched that when I was early teens yeah. and I was like I don't know if I need to see this again and I didn't watch it again until we were out of college and we were just around Halloween where some, a bunch of us had gathered at a friend's house yeah. and to watch scary movies and that's one that they, they had picked and that's the only other, I've seen it twice all the way through it's, it'll mess with you <laughs> it's, a, it's a fascinating movie and it's a great book as well yes um we may have chatted about this before. Mike Oldfield, Tubular Bells was the um, was the oh, yeah. theme music for it, and um, I, I, yes, it is. And again, the thing that did it for me about The Exorcist is you don't need blood and gore and people being murdered to make a horrifying movie. You need to have that element of you're not sure what's happening and just how evil evil can be. Yeah, and I don't know if it came across particularly well in the movie, but I do remember there are passages in the book where the priest is trying to decide, I'm sure we may have chatted about this before, the priest is trying to decide if the young girl is really possessed or if it's all in her own imagination. And so he's having a conversation with the perceived demon inside her to see whether or not he can fully explain what's happening and at one point I think he flicks what is supposed to be holy water and there's an instant reaction from the poor girl you know ow this is burning it's burning but he hasn't put holy water on it's just normal water Uh so then the conversation in his own mind is but is the demon aware of that and pretending that there is nothing wrong it's all psychoschematic and there's nothing actually wrong with her it's it's a incredibly haunting passage in the book yeah. it's terrifying for that very reason yeah, just how evil is, is evil can be quite amazing actually yeah 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 well then there was uh, around you had that in early 70s was it that one came out and yes then, i think uh, it was yeah and then you had the the omen series yeah uh, yeah and i remember those being on i can they would always like again show clips of them you know when they were talking about you know compilations of great movies from the time and i know i've seen maybe i've seen them all three one time because it was uh, the Omen was Damien Omen 2 and then the Final Conflict yes which was Sam Neill and that his name the guy from Jurassic Park yeah, was right. Damien yeah. yeah so that was very early work of his that yeah. people kind of forgot about that he did you're like, oh that you're looking back that was the guy from the main character in Jurassic Park or one of them yes I, I like it. I'm also a, a fan of the movie Constantine have you, have you seen that movie I want to say I did Is it, it's uh 
It's Keanu oh, Reeves. And Al Pacino, right? No, not Al Pacino. Oh, no, no. That was uh, The Devil's Advocate. The Devil's that. Advocate. Okay, yes. And I don't think I did see Constantine, actually. Yes, Constantine. And I understand that Constantine started off as a graphic novel. We were talking about graphic novels oh, okay. recently, weren't we? Yeah, that, that makes sense. And I believe Constantine started out as a as a graphic novel. And then Keanu Reeves took on the character and produced the, well, you know, started the movie. But again, it's more of that idea of the unknown, the netherworld between two worlds, and, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. I, I, I'm kind of fascinated by that. Yeah. And really, I mean, the, the horror genre leads right into there's a fine line between horror and thrillers. Because then you've got Silence of the Lambs. Yes. Which was an absolute masterpiece. Yeah, now, and Silence of the Lambs is absolutely horrifying to me. I mean, every time, there's so many scenes in there that just gives me goosebumps when yeah. I have to see it again. I, yeah, and that's one that they kind of, not, not really a shoestring budget, but, you know, they actually... It just had all those right elements. A great cast, great story. I mean, you know, Hannibal Lecter, the character of Hannibal Lecter has become such a household name. Oh, yeah. Because of... Um, Hopkins' portrayal of the character in the, in, the, in, the, in the movie, and I know you've talked about it before, that the first that, that, the, the reveal of, of uh, yeah. Hannibal Lecter when he's in his cell is they something consume, special. They, they say it's one of the greatest villain entrances of all time, yet yeah. he doesn't enter. You just pan around and he's just standing there. It's getting dark on the porch. It now. is, I know. I'm afraid we, to look. Is, it, is this the right topic we pick for an evening uh, conversation? I'm afraid to look behind. Because nothing bad ever happened at lakes in the uh, the horror movies. No, Camp Crystal Lake, no problem. Uh, it'd be awful to turn around and see Hannibal Lecter just, just staring at us from the shadows. Oh, look. gracious. Well, we better think on that. On that. We better think about signing off, haven't we? Going and hiding Well, we're somewhere. still able to sign exactly. off. Exactly. We we hope it's not our final sign off, but uh, if, if we're back if we're back next week, you know we survived. <laughs> well, that was fun. It was another fun topic of conversation. Yeah, yeah, I think it was a good one. Yeah, it's great to think about Godzilla, and um, thank you for bringing that up because I've got such warm childhood memories of my brother teaching me the simplicity of just doing abstract painting on that cityscape. Yeah, I mean, it really did help me out of an awkward spot as a young kid. And again, I remembered that. Well, remember I'll tell you one day, little story yeah. that goes with, along with that. Um, I would, you know, again, I love to go to the toy department at any place. But I remember specifically even, even seeing these at Kmart. There was this uh, collection of model kits, and they were all like a giant spider is attacking the city. Okay. Or I can't remember what the other ones were, but they were just that kind of things, thing. Yeah, things it might have been the, city. the same you know, grouping that, that Maybe, you're talking about. Yeah. But I vividly remember this gigantic spider crawling on the, the skyscrapers or, you know, at least like eight-story buildings, you know, and that type of thing. We'll have to look up that series. I, again, I'm sure the internet is our friend for that. But, yes, I, I seem to remember there were at least half a dozen different, different yeah, I'd like characters. Yeah, like what they were. Yeah, we'll have to look yeah, that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well... Gentle listener, be safe. Don't turn around and find a Hannibal Lecter behind you at the end of this episode, will you? And join us again for another episode of Matched and the Other Guy. Bye for now. Good evening.